MSW Media. Hi, this is Zane Lamprey from Three Sheets, Drinking Made Easy, and other shows that have been canceled from television. Join Dan Dunn on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn every week here on Audio Things. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. Time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Dan Dunn. What we're drinking on this episode is Dewar's blended scotch. Ah, oh, Dewar's. It just evokes memories of my youth, really. My my uncles and my, my grandparents just drinking Dewar's back in the day. It's iconic. It's classic. And then a few years ago, I rediscovered Dewar's, and I realized this isn't my grandfather's whiskey. Stuff is cool, and it is excellent, and we are going to be getting into it in just a little bit with comedian Ryan Long, who's got viral videos that are just blowing up. Ryan Long's going to be joining me, along with Dewar's North American brand ambassador Gabe Cardarella. Our old friend Gabe Cardarella will be with us. But first, we've got some breaking news to report. Breaking With us now is the senior correspondent on the What We're Drinking Import-Export Desk, Brad Jaffe. Dan Dunn, very exciting news today. Uh, first of all, happy International Women's Day, um, and I'm proud to be able to join us on this uh, distinct occasion. Let's raise a glass of doers to the, to the ladies, or the women. Is ladies derogatory? Women. Probably. It's, women, it's women. Who have, by the way, way, way better tasting capabilities than men do in terms of organoleptic, like 10 times the amount of like sensory taste perception on the tongue. So like anytime that you go to a distillery and their master taster is a man, you should be a little bit suspect of that situation. But Brad, clearly the the palate is not the breaking news that you have for us today. What's happening? Is this coming out of Washington, D.C., this news? This is actually technically, I guess, coming out of Brussels, Belgium, the home of the European Union. Um, It is a statement that was released today from the European Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, a very distinct international woman, speaking of which. uh, And she confirmed in a statement that she had just spoken to uh, U.S. President Joe Biden, taking us back to Washington, and they've agreed to a temporary suspension of uh, the tariffs that have been going on back and forth, this escalating trade war that we've seen throughout the uh, previous administration. This is a very distinct and the most distinct uh, and profound tamping down, toning down, tamping down of this trade war that we've seen so far since the new administration has taken over. This could spell really good news for consumers in terms of prices coming down, correct? Absolutely. So the first thing to note is that the this affects basically rum, and brandy, 
which in, you know is cognac and uh, armagnac as well as vodka coming in from uh, the European Union, vermouth as well. So they had been subject to a 25% import tax, which will now be gone, suspended for this four-month trial period. So yes, immediately you're going to see if your favorite vodka is from France, it'll be 25% cheaper starting tomorrow than it was yesterday. Wow. And you've mentioned on the show before, Brad, that this was the result of a dispute over airplanes, correct? Yes. Over a tax, taxes that happened with Boeing. So has that been resolved? That is not. So that is a 16-year ongoing spat between uh, Europe and the EU and, and the United States. And that is ongoing. But this is a four-month kind of moratorium uh, so that these collateral uh, brands and industries, if you will, won't be kind of caught in the crossfire. So now they can come back to the negotiation table with these clear heads and and not have these other industries that are subject to, you know, just collateral damage because of this ongoing spat, which has gone on for 16 years. Um, and hopefully they get to the bottom of that. But important to note right now, Dan, as you know, and most of your viewers know that the UK is no longer a part of the EU when it comes to you know, these trade negotiations. So we have to create separate deals independently with the UK. And this announcement comes on the heels of yesterday's announcement, where the United States said that it was going to suspend its uh, uh, tariffs on single malt scotch. So that was huge as well. So for scotch fans now in Scotland, they're jumping up and down because we're their biggest export market. And now we are going to immediately start seeing some cheaper scotches on the shelves. And who doesn't want to drink to that? What does that mean for stuff being exported from America? Are they also easing up on some tariffs that we got hit with? So here's where it gets a little sticky because they have not yet done that. So the trade organizations in the United States, uh, Distilled Spirits Council chief among them, are are very much you know uh, pleading with our counterparts there in Europe to you know, in kind, reduce these taxes and tariffs that we've seen on uh, particularly American whiskey has been hit so hard. And I want to very much clearly point out that today's news does not affect American whiskeys. It does not affect, um, you know, the, the whiskeys that we're sending over there to Europe. They're still subject to these tariffs over there. And the sales have been plummeting. And it couldn't come at a worse time, right, when we're already dealing with all these other challenges. Well, when you need news like this, we always go to the head of our import-export desk. And you can follow travels underscore with... How, journeys, what, journeys. Journeys. Journeys underscore with underscore Jaffe for the latest news, which is just basically me retweeting everything that you see on <laughs> Dan Dunn's show. Thank you for this. This is just... This is probably the best news uh, the drinkers have had in a while. I, I hope so. And uh, it's it's a sign of very promising things to come. So we're it's not over yet. The battle's not over, but we are certainly headed in the right direction. You heard it here first. Brad Jaffe, thank you, man. And now a word from one of our dream sponsors, Harvey's Bristol Cream, circa 1979. David, would you like to come over for a drink tonight? Kate. I can't believe I wrote that. I'm glad you did. Until recently, I'd never have invited a man over for a drink. It wasn't considered respectable. But this is now. And when you're serving Harvey's Bristol Cream, it's more than respectable. It's downright upright. Harvey's Bristol Cream. Say, David, are you free Tuesday? <laughs> Joining me now 
comedian whose hilarious videos have garnered over 100 million views. In addition to hosting the Boys Cast with Ryan Long, he is the creator, star, and showrunner hit digital series Torontopia on CBC Comedy. I believe that's Canada. Uh, that guy on CBC Comedy and the TV series Ryan Long is challenged on Bite TV. He's released two cutting-edge stand-up specials, headlines, clubs all over the fucking world. The guy's done so much stuff. And in 2019, he immigrated to America from Toronto with the Extraordinary Alien green card, I believe. He's the first <laughs> yeah. Extraordinary Alien we've had on the show this year. And and then he went to New York and he and he just took over New York and the world. And let's not wait any longer. Bring him on here. Uh, Ryan Long is joining us. Ryan, how are you, brother? Hello. Very good to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that the last uh, few episodes when I checked it out, you had very cool backgrounds. And I know this one's very clean, but you had some fun things like hot dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> You're not taking this background, man? I, I thought, you know, it's just, I want It looks very professional. I mean, you look amazing, but you do also look like you're about to sing in a country music video. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Damn it! Somebody ruined the surprise. Like if you had a cigarette, you know, dipping some chew. Like, I'm ready. You need a bit. You need a bit. A little little pouch in your under on your uh, bottom lip. <laughs> well, I want to have a toast with you, man, to kick this thing off. We are drinking. Uh, okay. We got. We both got some doers here. We got the the newest uh, from their from their uh, smooth fin- finish series. It's called the Doers Port Cask Finish. It's an eight-year-old Doers uh, blended scotch whiskey. I'm not going to say too much about it because I've got a surprise for you, Ryan. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to bring him on with you, is the the North American ambassador for Doers and the best-looking guy in the scotch business. I'm just going to say that right I now. I was actually just saying to my friends that that was a dream of mine to meet the Doers rep. And all of those questions, <laughs> all those years... All those years and all those goddamn questions you had about doers. Well, guess what, buddy? This is like the Make a Wish Foundation for drunks. It's been answered, <laughs> and you're gonna get to uh, you're gonna get to speak with Gabe and and fire off any question you might have about Scotch. So here we go, man. I'm gonna raise a toast to you, and the traditional Scottish quote uh, toast. You know what it is? It's uh, no Slangevar. 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 It sounds like a slur. Slangevar. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Mm. Thanks for coming on, man. It's really great. Anyway, listen out there. Ryan's got some of the funniest videos. And I'll just tell you how you came into my consciousness was our, our mutual friend, comedian Justin Silver, started sending me your videos and saying, you got to watch these things. And uh, <laughs> and Justin will be the first to attest. I'm really not up on it. I don't watch a lot of, I don't do a lot of social media stuff. I just don't do it. I got hooked, man. I got hooked on your videos, really? and I subscribed. <laughs> oh, it's Ryan Long Comedy on Instagram and YouTube, uh, and he just you post a lot of videos, and and some of them, you know, when wokes and racists actually agree on everything, has almost four million YouTube views, and it's hilarious. And one of the newest ones you did, I, I I texted you and said how much I loved it was Feminist Mom Homeschool, which is going to resonate with anybody who's got kids. <laughs> And has been home during this pandemic. I mean, it's it's so great uh, how internet politics look to normal humans. Porn stars want your contact info, but the one I want to really talk to you about, and I believe it might be your most watched video, and what's interesting about this is that it's not even... All of your other ones, they're sketches, and they're just, you know, they're beautifully written and hilarious, and and the acting's phenomenal. This was just you... Talking to, I, I believe you said it's the most honest girl ever, 
And oh. <laughs> watching watching the video, you even seemed shocked at what she was saying. So the video is titled How to Break a Man. And it's got four and a half million views on YouTube, and I'm sure tons yeah, more on Instagram. One just, Tell us about that. that. Just like, there's a few that just keep going viral, like every once in a while, and other people will post them, and then you'll see on Twitter it just got like another million views. <laughs> so some certain things just have that quality where, for whatever reason, it just connects with people. So tell us but, about that one. You basically are. She starts to say you. Well, asked, the bit was the original bit that I was doing. Um, I was I, I kind of you know like to put people in these awkward scenarios and i was kind of saying hey tell us some of the things that women do to ruin men's lives so you know just so we can be you know weary of those and you know most of the time i was going to be I, most girls would be like well we what do you mean ruin our lives i mean come on let's cut the shit like tell me what you guys do so we can. that was kind of the gist of the bit i guess and then this girl started being like you know some things that i do is i break them down uh you know maybe lower their self esteem that's the kind of stuff i do and she just kept saying all this like wild stuff and then i yeah, i looked at the camera like what Whoa, this girl's going over the well, top well it was it was also her demeanor because it was She's it was very sweet it, well but she was sweet but she was also it was like she was impassive about the way she was saying it. And it was just like, I, I, she scared me. I was like, man, I, know, I kept thinking cold blooded, like the Rick James song. She, she just, she, she had it down. She's like, if he has any dreams, I try to squash <laughs> them because I don't, and I was like, wow. I man. know that one was almost the only thing. And sometimes you walk away. Cause I'll, I'll do like eight in a day. So I don't really, you know, pay that much attention until like after the fact of that one went really viral. And then I go, I was thinking, I was like, maybe there's a chance that like sh- that specific girl was just saying like what I thought, what she thought I wanted to hear. You know what I mean? Like there was, there's never, I would say, you know, some, I've been on the doing interviews with people and then they're like playing along and that I'm always like, no, or afterwards they kind of tell me they know who I am. And I go, oh, that's not, doesn't work. Like I don't want someone that's like faking it. But uh, in that specific scenario, I'm like, cause I'm sort of, uh, it's sort of the way in stand up sometimes you can like trick people into the answers you want. I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, that girl was telling me what I wanted to hear because it was so outrageous. <laughs> if she was, Ryan, she's a phenomenal actress because yeah. the delivery <laughs> was so on and, you know, and she was committed. I believed her, I believed every word she said. You ever just look and you go, you know, that's fake, it's completely staged. A lot of people do that. They do, you know, it'll be robber gets what they deserve and it's so obviously set up. You know what I mean? Like all of those kind of like justice ones. I feel like a lot of that, a lot of that realm is fake, but I guess a lot of times it's follow them for a longer period of time. I mean, for me, I've done, you know, I I used to do TV shows doing this stuff and I've done hundreds of these and you're like, so what am I hiring hundreds of actors kind of, I guess there are places. Remember Jerry Springer. It kind of came out mm-hmm. afterwards that they were hiring people, but oh, again, yeah. it does come out eventually after you have 2000 people you hired, like all it takes is a few of them to be. Yeah. I mean, they hired me to do that and then everyone starts knowing about it. So I don't even know what the logistics would be like of what I'm doing of just, you know, like, I don't know what my operation would be to go to union square and <laughs> hire 10 people a day to come fake, you know, stuff, but definitely some people, people when it it's when it ever it's like the hidden camera stuff a lot of that stuff is fake i find or do you find that they're laved that's a that's a big uh oh yeah they dig. I'm like, well, I, the, okay the subjects got perfect audio <laughs> someone shared one with me the other day that was supposedly this woman was ripping into these two guys for following her car and stop following me but and you guys are perverts and 
and there was a, a gas tank hose sticking out of her car and it just seemed to be too staged like she walked right by yeah. it and didn't see it and but whatever you know there's bigger problems in the world yeah they're putting people in awkward scenario that one where it's kind of you know someone getting what they deserved or like a funny scenario happening that's easier to probably stage when you're kind of like hey let me get some like wild people and get them to do wild stuff you know it's how, like people can't fake that as well right so i think that yeah, I don't know. You can kind of tell. I, I find that if you look at the fake videos, the comments like have a lot of comments of people being, yeah, this is obviously fake. And, and the videos of yours that I most enjoy, I think, are the ones that are, you know, scripted, that are sketch comedy. Things, those are those are my biggest. Can't fake videos. that. I mean, and it's it's you're talking about wild. I think you did the one with the governors, right? Was that that was yours? That's with Justin. Yeah. And one of the I mean, Justin's it's Cuomo. It's all the governors during COVID. And it's just like they're raging and partying and everybody check that one out. But but I want to say you're you're from Canada and it just seems like there's an obvious line to be drawn from you to uh, Tom Green. Yeah, he was like the best. He, he kind of invented this stuff to some degree. And then I think Sasha Baron Cohen in his prime was probably like the best of messing people with stuff. But yeah, I, I like Jackass and Tom Green and all that stuff. But Tom Green, I think for a lot of people in my generation or whatever, like when you were in grade seven or whatever, it was he was like the guy. So that's what that was one of the things I started doing. I was playing in bands and stuff. And when we were... 12 years old, me and my friends were going and making videos just of messing with people because of Tom Green. It's, it's great. I mean, one of the ones I remember, it just sticks in my head. He was interviewing people on the street and he had smeared shit on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, and so, he, and it just completely selling it like he doesn't, and people are talking and they're like, oh my God. He but was incredible. It really was. So, so you, you were, you had a lot of success up in Canada, and then what drove the decision to, to come down here? And and I mean, Canadian success, you might as well work at a gas station, my friend. But I, I with comedy, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna kind of ink out like a little place in the industry, it's probably a little more possible. But if you're kind of doing anything that's outside of the kind of mainstream box, you kind of need to move to a place that has room for a subculture. So Canada's very like safe and very. Um, it's just a different thing. So if you really want to make a, a big thing in any other country than America, it's not just America, unless you potentially London's a little bigger, but for most places, everyone in Canada is kind of like, all right, you eventually got to move to America if you want to do this for real, but it takes a while. Like, you know, you got to get a bunch of stuff and then it takes two or three years to get my green card. So it was a whole debacle. But when I moved here, it's been way better. So I was right. <laughs> there's a history. Obviously there's a blueprint there. I mean, if you were to list you know, the greatest modern com com I would say more comedic actors, which is There's a lot of Canadians. Yeah. Come on. I mean, just where do you speak? Dan Aykroyd, Jim Carrey, Michael J. Fox. I mean, it's Rick. Moran it's kind of amazing. And I, Eugene Levy, I, I, you, you could argue if you were to make a list of the 50 greatest comedic actors of the modern era, uh, English, you know, North American, I bet you half of them are Canadians. There's a lot. And one of the reasons is because People in America sort of get success early and it stunts their growth a little bit. Whereas a lot of people in Canada, you've been kind of doing this with, for 10 years or whatever amount of time without anyone caring. So you kind of get good. And then I think there's another part that Canadians are sort of at least at maybe it's changing a little more now, but there was a a pretty good period where Canada is sort of the bridge between like British humor and American humor. So whereas America is very, I would say almost 
taking small premises or small punchlines and like selling them bigger. And that's not everyone. It's kind of like the oversell. America is very big and theatrical. And, and then, uh, if you go to like London, it's all about taking these like almost huge punchlines and like throwing them away very nonchalantly, like they're nothing. And it's kind of the difference. So I think Canada is closer to American culture where we like understand it. But then there's that kind of like subtle British flair to it that, uh, you know, kind of goes in and out of popularity. So it probably depends on the trends, but certain trends really connect with that, uh, British sensibility, but we're also culturally American. Okay. Yeah. By the way, the rule here, we have to have, uh, you know, every couple of minutes we have to take a sip here. How, how, How are you, how are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying your doers? Yeah, but I'm trash, so I'm not the, I'm not like totally the best guy to give you a review because I couldn't tell you if this was a good one or a bad one. To me, it, it tastes good, but I I don't think I <laughs> like people will give me. The, you would say you're not a sophisticated whiskey no, drinker. You're not, but that's not just alcohol with food with anything. I have a white trash palate. Seriously? Yeah, definitely. But you must you must be able to tell the difference between. You've probably had shit whiskey in your life, right? I think you tell the difference in the hangover. <laughs> you think so? I, all right, we're gonna when we get Gabe on here, we're gonna talk about that with him because I I am of the opinion, and people often say this to me. They'll say, "Oh, I you know, I tequila gives me the worst hangover. This gives me the worst hangover." And I'm I kind of stick to the science. I said, "Listen, if you're drinking an eighty proof tequila and you're drinking an eighty proof vodka, and you drink exactly the same amount of both, you've had exactly." The same amount of alcohol in your body. Now, yeah, but it's got to be more than that, no? Well, I've had long debates, and people will then they'll talk about the mixers and whatever. And I said, but no, no, you said tequila. So if you just drank straight tequila versus vodka, scientifically, and again, maybe Gabe has Gabe might know more than me, but I would think just straight up, you've had the exact same amount of liquid with the exact same amount of alcohol in it. And alcohol is, well, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the instigator for the hangover. There's other factors. How, yeah. You know, if you don't drink any water, well, some the, of them have more sugar in them, for example. Sure. I mean, there's, there's all parts of the, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll bring this up when we get, when we get Gabe, some of them are dirtier distilled, I guess. A lot of people have different theories on it. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like if I drink wine, I drag a little bit more the next day. Wine's a little different, yeah. Whereas whiskey, to me, is, you know, whiskey tends to be the one that's, you know, I'm feeling good the next day. It's just, for some reason, it's cleaner. Because you take shots of it, probably. Well, I like to say, I mean, like this one, I'm drinking this one. But you're not mixing it. Like, you're not having a bunch of, you know, whiskey and Cokes, are you? No, no. And I I wouldn't, this wouldn't work well in a Coke, this one. So maybe uh, that's, or whatever you mix with it. Ginger, what do you mix with it? (laughs) uh, This one, I would do like a penicillin. You know the drink, the penicillin. No, what's that? Uh, it's uh, it's blended scotch, and you, you got some honey in there, and some ginger and lemon, and then they do a little uh, whiskey float on top, which is an okay. uh, generally an Isla Malt. Dewar's is a is a blended scotch, and Gabe will explain all that. But but then single malt scotches. There's an island off the west coast of Scotland called Isla, and that is where the peatiest scotches in the world generally come from. What's that? The what is the peat is that smoky, earthy scotch. Um, I'll get you the ones Lafroig, the famous grouse, uh, Lagavulin, Bunahabin, which is my dog's name. So you can tell the difference big time. Doesn't matter how unsophisticated a whiskey drinker you are. You can tell. Like if this, let's try this. All right, let's let's try a little thing here. Do you have a Do you have a neat glass? Is it neat or you have it on the rocks right now? 
No, I just just the whiskey's in the just, glass. Okay, so I want you to take the glass. I'm just curious because you're not you're you're admitting that you're and let's see what we can get here. So I want you to take this glass, Ryan, and yeah. swirl it around. Agitate the liquid a little bit. And now you're gonna smell it. You're not gonna ram your nose in the glass because just kind of hover over. Maybe you can keep your mouth open a little bit and just breathe it in. Just breathe that in. So what are you getting? Don't think too much. What are you getting on the nose? Like describe the smell? Yeah, just whatever pops in your mind. What's the smell? This is, I'll tell you, it's definitely the smell that uh, you don't want to smell when you're hungover. (laughs) (laughs) I guess there's some, like a smoke sort of situation. That's probably the, that's probably coming from the port cask finish. It's finished in a, in a kind of, yeah, it's kind of uh, oaky. Very, no, very, very look at you, man. You. You're like a pro. You're getting it. How about a little cherry? You get a little cherry in there, a little bit of. Uh, I believe this was fermented in the uh, <laughs> southern region. Of... Mm. I like now. How do you prefer to drink your whiskey normally? Do you like it neat? Do you like it on the rocks? Do you like it so in a cocktail? I mainly only do shots if I do, like, I'll do shots of Jack or whatever, like stuff like that. But if I'm drinking actual drinks, most of what I drink if I'm doing mixed drinks, is vodka sodas. And one of the reasons for that is because I lose my voice and stuff like that. And I've found that vodka soda is the least thing that kind of screws up my voice. Okay. Do you have any, when you're performing, when you're doing stand-up. You got a raspy voice like me. Like you got yeah, sort of the same but, thing. Yeah, I got a little, yeah, it happens. And that's what they say a little bit. It's like a bit of a whiskey voice, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I used to have way more of a, a high register, I think, when in my early 20s. And then- yeah. And then I uh, started uh, chewing on sand because I wanted to sound cooler. So I would gargle. Yeah, you got to chew on I'd sand. I'd gargle, chew it, gargle with sand. And chewing was a bad idea because my teeth then rotted out. No, that was the drugs. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, who are your uh, who are your comedy influences? We, we talked about Tom Green, but you mentioned the British versus the American versus the Canadian. I mean, who kind of like lit your fire? When I was a kid, well, I didn't start stand up. So I was, it's almost different. I was really, so I was played in like a pretty famous band in Canada before I was even into any of this stuff. And what do you play? I was the singer, but uh, I play drums. But I was like, for me, I was huge into like Jackass and like I said, Tom Green and those guys, like you nailed it. For as far as comedy went, you know, I I liked, I thought Mike Myers and Adam Sandler, like that era, I thought those guys were all really funny, but I wasn't into stand up. Like when I didn't watch a stand up special till, you know, before, until I did stand up myself, this people that I watched was like, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld stand up special, but I thought that Howard Stern was cool. I was really into the prank calls and I thought that, uh, you know, Adam Sandler's comedy song albums. Like I was into all of that stuff when I was young, but I was way more concerned with uh, like more band culture. And that's why I think like the Jackass guys were kind of like a mix of that. And that's what me and my friends were doing all these DVDs releasing like funny stuff of our band on tour and all that kind of stuff, which eventually led to like the TV show we did. So stand up. And now I obviously have, you know, know that world super well, but that kind of came second. You mentioned Howard Stern, and this harkens back to something you said earlier in the show about comedians keeping their edge. I'm, I've been a huge Stern fan for so many years. Yeah. And everybody evolves. And I, by no means am I going to be one of these idiots that goes, why isn't Howard still the same? Right? But 
there's an, there's, I think there's a natural evolution, not only as human beings, but as performers, where when I listen to Stern now, I'm not as entertained as I used to be because he is a kinder, gentler guy and, and which is great for him. And, and, and I, and it's not like I like, but it's hard to keep it. It's just hard. I think, I think there's a, I think there's two factors that went into where Stern is now. One is straight up that, you know, being tumultuous, uh, pissing people off game is a young man's game. Like I even kind of watch people that are 20 and you, I just have to out talent them because I can't be as crazy as them. So and the same goes the other way. But the I think, so for starters, that game is a young person's game. Like, it's hard to, ha- no one wants to be 70 and have everyone yelling at you on the internet. And then also, now is a time where it's turned into t- times 10. So at a time where he's probably not as equipped to be that crazy that he was when he's younger, it also got a 10 times harder to do it. And the repercussions are 10 times harder. So I think with someone like him, he kind of just had to step back out of it because it's either your inner, you're out, like either a guy like Stern who had a, you know, stronghold on the culture. He either was going to be like, all right, I'm going to have Jordan Peterson on. And those, you know, obviously if you want to be relevant, those are the people that are huge. You know, that's what guys like Rogan do. Right. And Stern was like, I'm going to stay away from all that stuff, kind of fade back into legacy media. And I don't think I'm going to, I'm sure he still does his thing, but to, for him to like compete in that young edgy boy game or whatever you want to call it, I think is tough. you do. You also bring up an interesting point. There is had the current sort of cultural rules applied back when he was coming up, he would have been done. Like he would have been, I don't want to, use, I hate using the word cancel, but he would have been done. They would have drummed him off because he would have been done traditionally, but Howard Stern's such a talented guy. He might be Joe Rogan right now. Like, I, I don't know exactly what his trajectory would be, but that might be a podcast instead of a show at terrestrial radio. So his trajectory might've been different, but I think a lot of people that are great and a lot of people that are, you know, they're going to make it happen no matter what things change and they'll find their path. It might've looked different for him, but I don't know. He's such a comedic genius that I feel like unless he kind of exited altogether, I feel like he would have figured something out different out. Well, I saw an interview with Steve Carell. They were asked, they were talking about the office obviously. And he, what really struck me and, and he, I think it was a valid point. He said, I don't think we could do it. Even though the joke, like ping the, the Asian character, even though the joke was clearly, this guy's a jackass and these things that he's doing, it was the nuance is gone. Right. And that's the point he was making. They would simply say, you're pulling your eyes back. That's, that's enough for us. Let me, let me ask you a question. I mean, cause you're describing why the traditional media is having a hard time, you know, having hit comedies right now. I mean, what would be a big comedy show that came out in the last five years that you think is really funny? (laughs) Not on, on network television. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, I even tried, so, I tried to watch but that. But it sounds sh- like, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. I tried to watch that show, Mr. Mayor, the Ted Dance, because it's Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who were 30 Rock, which I thought was a brilliant show. And it's, it's just, it's watered down. Yeah. And there's some other shows that are still on that are funny. I mean, Curb's very funny and Always Sunny. Well, and, on and HBO, Park, on, on net, on cable, yeah. on cable, yes, there are funny shows. And, and I don't know which ones that are super funny that are that new. And I'm sure there's a couple, but I mean, that's the, Basically, you know, you have the industry being like, 
hey, we're going to set very rigid standards or we're going to not even set them. We're going to abide by rigid standards and we're by doing that a participant in making them and also, you know, a, a part of this ecosystem that creates those. And then at the same time that everyone's on the Internet being like, yeah, we're not going to follow any of those rules. And people are getting used to that kind of content. And I think it's very difficult for them to compete. And but again, they're in the same thing. They're like, hey, at the end of the day, we're selling ads. That's why when you turn on Fox News, they're selling sleep apnea cleaner because no one wants to advertise on that channel or at least the big ones don't. But so you kind of are in this weird these people are in a weird, you know, weird scenario where they're like, hey, we're going to make all these rules on what you can say at the same time that everyone doesn't have, you know, there's such a different path than being in the industry and everyone's going like, yeah, we're just going to make what we think is funny and not listen to any of that stuff. And I think they're getting slaughtered. You know, there's thousands of kids on YouTube right now that are destroying like traditional television show numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we talked about just some of your videos, I mean, pushing 5 million views. And And that's nothing compared to like, I don't know, the Nelk boys or whatever, you know, Uh, some of these other people that are 20 years old. Yeah. So it is a, it's a weird time. I mean, I watched, uh, I was on, uh, on tour and I looked at what's going on on Comedy Central and it was Friday night and they played four South Park episodes back to back. And they just, and there was, it wasn't even like a marathon. They're just, that was part of their program. And they're like, oh, we put a lot of South Park on a Friday. And it was like, isn't that funny that the one show that they have that they probably would never make right now is, you know, the, their probably biggest hit or at least close to it. And they're, you know, putting that on all the time. And you go, that's the one show that you would probably never green light right now. And it's, and it's the one that everyone wants to watch because you can not make stuff, but it's not going to change the demand and people want to watch that stuff and people like things that are funny and when you go to a comedy club people like to see um things that kind of you know push that line and and they feels a little unsafe and that's what you know that's why people watched howard stern is you feel like anything could happen and when you watch howard stern now you know exactly you don't think that there's not going to be anything that could happen right now so i think it's uh it's it doesn't mean that people are always looking for like i want the craziest thing but there's just a certain danger to this I know this person isn't a corporate, you know, entity. Guys, I got some good news and some bad news. Bad news is two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Good news is I'm not one of them. My hair is thicker than Eric Trump. Trust me, I got lots of other things wrong with me. Now, if you are someone who's experiencing Male Pattern Baldness Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Treatments start at just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic virgins. Not virgins, versions. (laughs) The packaging is discreet, even though, look, if you're going bald, people already know it, right? If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Get on that right now. Your head will thank you. Let's bring on uh, Gabe Cartarella, the North American brand ambassador for Doers, because we're not we're not drinking enough, Ryan. We're just not. Oh, we got to drink more. And I, I feel like you're, you know, <laughs> uh, let me see. How do I do this? Gabe, I have to ask him. Um, why do I have to ask him? It's my freaking show. Hold on. Start the video. Wait, what happened? Where'd you go? This is great. Let's see what happens. Oh, and joining us now, North American brand ambassador for Doers, Gabe Cartarella. Gabe, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Dan. How have you been, my friend? It's always good to see you, man. I was supposed to see you 
last year, right around this time, we were headed to Brooklyn, New York. I'm the MC, and you're participating with Doers for the Whiskey X, which was a great event. And it was right now, this time last year, I started going, I don't think it's going to happen. The event was supposed to be March 20th, and suddenly it was like, ah, they just stopped that. Wait, what? The basketball game's canceled? Concert's canceled? Shit! And it didn't happen. Yeah. But it's good to see you, man, even though it's over Zoom. Likewise, man. I, I, there's nothing beats having a glass of whiskey with your good friends in person, man. So, uh, look, I'll take this for now. But, I, you know, like you said, the Whiskey X guys throw a pretty cool event. It's really cool seeing what they're doing within the whiskey space. So I love going to those. And we'll be back at them soon. And Ryan's going to come to one of them for sure. We're going to bring Ryan join out. Us. Yeah. We're That'd be bring, cool, yeah. Well, I actually, I, I did speak to the guys from the Whiskey X, and they have the first one targeted is many months from now. Obviously, we got to get through this, but the first one they're targeting is going to be in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. And, and Ryan, you will, you no will. No excuse now, man. You We're will come, and you will yeah. drink doers, and Gabe will learn you some. So, Gabe, you, you heard Ryan earlier. He is a, a neophyte, a whiskey neophyte. Not that he hasn't had a lot of whiskey in his life, but he's not someone who's sitting around analyzing the flavor profile and that right, Ryan, is that fair to say? I'm just not like that with anything. It's not even just alcohol with food. Yeah. You know, Ryan, you said something to me that like is honestly like the reality here. So like, there's there's whiskeys that you can sit down with and you can try to identify what a master blender or distiller is trying to tell you, or there's just stuff you want to drink. You know what I mean? And like, am I drinking my, I always say like, I have like a light beer occasion, Dan, I'm sure you do too within the whiskey world. And that's like with soda, you know? So you mentioned earlier that you like vodka. If I were you with the whiskey in front of you, add soda, add water, add a handful of ice to it, man. Cause that's like the really like kind of the, so you do a whiskey. Is, t- I, I, so I was sent uh, by you guys uh, tonic water. Would you put that in there? Yeah. I mean, if you'd like, well, tonic, yeah, you could throw some tonic in there. If you have soda, throw that in there. Put ice in there. There's no rules is what I'm saying. So the reality, what we really want is for you to just enjoy it however you'd like. Okay, but cool. I'm happy to share one with you because this stuff's pretty neat. We just launched it. Yeah. This. Nice. So tell us a little bit about So this is the third installment of the Smooth series, correct? Yeah, I mean, call it what you like. You call it smooth series. It is smooth whiskey. Um, we call it our cast series, but um, you know, it's an eight-year-old doer's whiskey. Ryan, I don't know what you know about whiskey, so I'm going to share with you a few things. So the age statement, so if you look at the bottle, Ryan, it says eight years. So what that represents is that all of the liquid in this bottle is aged for a minimum of eight years in barrels. And Ryan, have you to been to start s- that company? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like it's a, it's a challenge. Have you been, but when you start the company, you don't do eight years. That's you add those next, right? It, it, the wild thing about Scotchman is the way, like you're right, because there's projection, there's innovation all that takes time. Who knows after eight years, will it be good enough for people to like, you know, doers has a lot of experience, you know, over 170 years. So um, we've kind of figured it out. Have you been to Scotland, Ryan? No, I'm from Ireland, but I've never been there. You gotta go. You must go. Scotland is amazing. It's like if Bob Ross painted a picture, you'd be walking around the middle of the damn thing. <laughs> it's like amazing. It's a great description you gave, Gabe, that it's like a painting because when you go there, you just think this isn't, couldn't be real. Like it doesn't yeah. seem real. It's too green. It's too scenic. It's too picturesque. I mean, and, and we're talking about when you get out into where the distilleries and such are. I mean, when you go to the city, you know, I'm from Philly. You're from Toronto, right, Ryan? 
Yeah, Toronto. Right. I, I grew up in the suburbs right around there. But yeah, like my well, you know, the tough suburbs of Toronto. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I think Toronto, there's parts of Toronto that are a tough city, but I, I grew up in a very hard scrabble area of Philadelphia and there is I was no. Just there. You've been to, do, do you enjoy Philly? Yeah. Yeah, that it was cool. Yeah. So there's no European city that reminds, or no city in the world outside of the States that reminds me more of Philadelphia than Glasgow. Like Glasgow, okay. like Glasgow is a tough. I would love Ryan to see. I wonder if it would play, right? Yes, like go over there and do comedy in Glasgow. That's one thing I find about the Scottish guys. There's a few guys over there that, like, they do stuff, and I'm like, this guy's really funny. But then I'll be like, oh, I'll check out their podcast, and I'm like, I can barely understand this guy. There was one guy <laughs> I talked to on the internet, and he's so funny, and I'm like, I was gonna have him on my podcast, and I just listen to him. I'm like. It is so hard to understand these guys. But it's beautiful, I, you know? Like, I, it, it, I, for sure, but for stand-up, I feel like it's it's tough sure. to watch them because it's the so thick. Dan, I like the way you describe Glasgow as kind of like a sister city to Philly. I Every time I go there, to me, it really feels like, all right, if Disney and Pixar were to paint or to produce the evil city where the villain's from. Glasgow. This is what it looks well, like. But I mean, Prague, that's Prague. Really that's actually Prague, man. Because literally, <laughs> literally the black castle in, in Cinderella or Snow, one of those, is the castle from Prague. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's crazy, Ryan, too, is then you just go up to Edinburgh, and Edinburgh is like one of the most cosmopolitan yeah, that's where the cities in the the fringe festivals there. And, and it's... It's a different thing. It's a different vibe. But as Gabe said, once you get out into the, if you go up to the Highlands or you go to Isla. Oh. And so Gabe, that, that's one of the questions. Like Dewar's obviously sources their whiskey from all over the place. Is there a, is there a main area that you get it from? Yeah you, yeah, you bring up a good point. So two things. One, Ryan, I, I will tell you, if you do ever make it out there, I'm the guy that has the Google Doc of must-go-see places, eat, drink, I got you, first nice. of all. Number two... Uh, yeah. So, all right. So quick lesson on blends. Why don't we, Dan? Sure. Um, so blends. So first of all, Ryan, when somebody says, Hey, I'm a Scotch drinker. Um, but you know, whiskey for me, I don't drink. It's like, I kind of laugh at that at this point in my career after 11 years with Dewar's all Scotch is whiskey. Just not all whiskey is Scotch. So what you're drinking, a hundred percent of it was made and aged in Scotland. But what's cool about it oh. is we're taking that product. So Dewar's is a blend. What that means is there's over 140 operating distilleries in Scotland, and each one of those is making single malt whiskey, and they have their own house style, you know, so they have their own brand identity. Let's call it that. Um, and when a blend does is they'll take them and be like, I want some character from this distillery, this distillery, this distillery. And if they're good at it, they can balance that character. So it's really complex. Think of it like a bouquet of roses versus yeah. a bouquet of flowers from all over the country, you know? And then so some the, idiot likes me. He's like, I don't know, whatever. It tastes fine. But it and doesn't you matter. Like, you don't understand how many distilleries. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's not. That's kind of the nerdy deep dive stuff. The reality is you should taste it and you should taste it a, dumb, a bunch of different ways. If you like it, you like it. But scotch, blended scotch is really a product of multiple places or multiple character blended into one. And then in this case, we finish it in port casts. And in Portugal, their ruby port casts are real sweet. So it out offers this more sweetness to it. Uh, so it's like combining culture meets combining liquid, man. It's just it's just a cool, innovative way to look at scotch and blended scotch, particularly these days. So there you go. Quick little lesson there for you on uh, 
Blended. A couple more years when Ryan is like the biggest thing in the comedy world. <laughs> He'll have like a Scotch sommelier that, that hangs out in his house. And it'll be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a thing I've been passionate about for many years. Hey, if I have something to do with it, he will. Ryan, I am I am curious about this because, you know, again, having grown up where I grew up, I mean, a lot of the guys are like, yeah, man, that's it. I'm just drinking. I just want shots. I just want this. I want, you know, whatever. But I, I have noticed that a lot of the guys from my old neighborhood or a lot of people in my old neighborhood, they get that brand. It's their brand. They're right. devoted to it. It's doers. You don't have that, right? Do you, White you don't have a, would be mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and that's, I mean, is it you're worried about, and, and I just have to ask it. A lot of times it's like people, Hey man, I got to keep in shape. You know, yeah, I'm going to do vodka soda. Factor, yeah. I'm going to do something low. But now, so we talked about this earlier in the show, Gabe. So now you can settle this. First, I want to know. I love how you thought you were going to offend me for that. I go, are you calling me fat? <laughs> Calorically, is there much difference? Because we're going to get to the hangover thing. And Ryan said maybe it's the sugar content. Let's let's talk about that. It, all right, we'll go to the thing I said before. If you drink the exact amount of vodka and you drink the exact amount of Dewar's Portuguese Smooth Port Cask Finish, same alcohol by volume, the same amount of liquid. Can you have a different hangover the next day? Dan, I, first of all, I, you know my credentials. I'm no scientist. So I would not offer any professional expertise here as it relates to the effects or cal- caloric intake. I know as a general rule of thumb from the conversations that I've had with the professionals in the industry is that you're looking at about like you know 86 proof, 84 proof glass of whiskey, uh, you know, one ounce is about 70 or so calories. Which is not bad. What's a what's a White Claw? Like two calories? Yeah, like 90 or something? So it's not much, that much different. All right, now now the ha- it, the hangover, and of course, as we always say here on What We're Drinking With Dan, now we never encourage over-drinking, but it happens. It's happened. It's happened to me. It's happened to Gabe. It's happened to Ryan. Every once in a while, it happens to you. So is there a difference, in your opinion, Gabe, between one alcohol and another? I, look, I, I, here's how I think. I, I think... It, it's all going to do it eventually. It's all going to fuck you up eventually. No, that's why it's important to drink quality versus, you know, like quantity. What's in the shit booze that makes you feel yeah, well? The problem sort of the is, is yeah. well, okay. So there are some artificial flavorings in certain things. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I would say, again, I'm not a scientist here. So I like to learn about what I put in, you know, my body for the most part. You know, with scotch, it has some of the most stringent kind of rules on how to make it, produce it, export it, bottle it. So, you know, being a focus there, you know, it's pretty, you're in a pretty really safe, comfortable place where it's that you can't have anything added to it apart from caramel coloring to keep it consistent in color. But it's up to you. Like, there's no such thing as shit whiskey, in my opinion. It's like the best one is the one in your hand. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with you there, buddy. That's and that's fair. only because they send me a lot of stuff. I didn't used to drink whiskey. Like I was, I used to from probably till the time I was like 23 people. I remember being on tour and everyone's like, let me buy you a shot. And I would be like, don't do whiskey. And then they'd be like, oh, and then I would do it. And I'd be like about to puke. And then that just kind of went away. And now I'm like a whiskey guy. <laughs> See, my point is just that dude, like it, it commemorate, if it commemorates a time, they're kind of like. You know, I've got some tattoos that I don't necessarily love it now at almost 40, but they commemorated this time. And and I'll tell you, right, I used to tour manage some of the guys from Jackass. So I have a lot of my time. Very cool. Being Who? with 
times that were commemorated through whiskey and Jack Daniels was one of those brands and Dewar's was one of those brands. And it's like, if it's a whiskey, my grandfather drank doesn't get much cooler than that. If it's a whiskey that I, I celebrated in college or things like that. So maybe it tastes not quality now, but man, it sure is good because of those very reasons, you know, like that's I what I love about it. My friends who were, when we were like 17, we had these like older friends that were, you know, cut with that we worked with and they were big into the bottle of Jameson. That was huge for them. I think everybody, I don't know anybody that hasn't had a Jameson. No, but it was like only Jameson and just always kind of like what we're doing now. But with Jameson, that was the, you know, instead yeah. of having a beer after whatever, if you're watching the game, it was always the Jameson bottle. So I always kind of thought that's like the industry standard. Like I kind of just had that in my head. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think the more you spend time with whiskey too, Ron, is, is like you, you'll kind of feel the urge to explore because there's so much good stuff out there. Like doers, right. for example, like when I started, you know, 11 years ago, I was like, doers, man, this is definitely a whiskey that's more mature than I, this is something that my grandfather drank. Now I'm like, yeah, this is something my grandfather doers, drank. And man, my idea yeah. is that I've really kind of identified with is like, um, Every whiskey's good. That's what I meant by that earlier. It's like it, it's just when you share it with cool people over cool stories, it just becomes even better. And that's the whole idea behind like launches like a port cast finish, like combining cultures to stoke story, adventure, comedy, in Ryan's case, things like that. Well, know? yeah, I mean, so you got you got the you got Scotland, you got Portugal. Have you been to Portugal, Ryan? I haven't been really anywhere other Where than where the fuck uh, you been, man? Where you been? Canada and here? Come God, on, Ryan. What's I've going been to on? The- uh, to England, like the, I did a tour. <laughs> I did. You're like I'm from Ireland. I've never been there. How can you be from Ireland? Well, I'm not been from there. there. I, mean, I mean, my background. you have Irish heritage. I yeah. got you. Okay, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, I thought you. No, I've I'm been like, uh, to America before, but I guess that doesn't matter now that I live here. But <laughs> you live in New- you know you live in New York. Yeah, but I, when I was in Canada, I used to travel here a lot and tour and stuff like that. And then we did a tour in England, and those are the reasons. Oh, I mean, I've I, okay, I've been to Cuba. And oh, now, now it comes out. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about like a resort. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All inclusive Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, have you, so how long have you been in New York? Like a year and a half almost. Oh, man, you got there right for the good stuff. Oh, my God. Terrible timing. Crazy timing. Yeah, I literally moved here, kind of got into all the clubs, like things kind of started popping and then uh, then this happened. So it was pretty crappy. Dude, I don't before I moved here and I go, okay, I'll bring like a few of my things. And then once I get a place, I'll, you know, go back. I've So I got a place and everything I own is in a storage locker in Canada and I can't go back and get it. So <laughs> literally everything I own, including my car is all there, but you can't drive past the border. You're not allowed to go back <laughs> and, and drive out. You're not allowed. No. Oh, because of well, I don't know. Everything if, I own is in Canada, and I can't get it. Jesus, man. Well, it could be worse. You could be in Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry, Gabe. I'm just kidding. take it easy. <laughs> I love Ohio. You have I think. to. No, if you've I'm been here, look. Here's what I've experienced, though. Like Ryan, like you, you definitely probably feel this way when you travel all over the country. And Dan too. Like what I've discovered, having traveled quite a lot in the last, you know, nearly 20 years, is that everywhere is cool. It just takes the right people to show you around, you know, and yeah. whether it's, you know, the days with the jackass guys, whether it's looking after doers or just traveling on my own, it's like, talk to the locals, you hang out with the people that, you know, you can identify with, they're going to show you a good time. It, it, that's the reality of travel. For I, me, I kind of feel like that too, where I'm, I'm not, speci- I'm way more what you're talking about. Like a night off to me, that's really fun is hanging out with my friends. Like, it's not where are we going? It's who's going like, Amen. you know what I mean? I, I don't really... 
you know, even like when uh, we were trying to organize a vacation with girls recently and I was saying the guys, I go, you know what your job is to neutralize your chick's demands and then we'll go wherever we go. Who cares? Like, you know, it's all, it's all about like, are we going to be like, who gives a like, it doesn't matter. So I feel, kind of feel like that. And especially touring around so much with a band and everything, it's like every city's the same, depending on, you know, if the right make it happen guy kind of shows up, like you said. So, yeah. Both of you guys traveled a lot, as did I. I hate the past tense use of that word, man. Well, I, well, I'm just saying, well, we're, it's coming soon, but I'm just saying. I'm on the road. I just got back. I, I just got back from Washington this morning, and I'm going to Miami tomorrow. For most of the year, you won. I'm out here. <laughs> how did you handle it? How How has it been this year? I only started pretty recently. I only started traveling again like a month ago. You're a super uh, spreader. Just say it. it. You're a super spreader, Ryan. <laughs> I did a show in Tampa Bay. Uh, though four months ago and it was kind of peak lockdown where you know where I'm from Toronto basically here they're essentially giving you a curfew and a bedtime and Tampa Bay no masks in bars you know no capacity yeah they don't give a shit it's Florida they don't don't care at all yeah (laughs) it was wild it felt like freedom again you know you know for me man like I've definitely been very much at home uh, thankful for the virtual space that's been kind of forced to reality that we've had through covid because totally. uh, it's nice it's nice to make new friends like ryan and be able to connect back with you dan and you know countless of other people you talk to throughout the year via zoom or any other platform but nothing beats being around folks personally you know what i mean like so i can't wait i can't wait to get back out that's why i'm moving that's the reason i moved because i go you know, enough of this. So we're good. That's why we're going to Miami and doing like a residency there for a month or two, just because, you know, it's enough of this. That's kind of what I felt like. Well, Ryan, I am curious though, because people have been in lockdown basically for a year, I've heard this from some of my friends, either in podcasting or viral videos. It's been helpful because people don't have a lot to do. And and I'm, do you feel like you're, you're, you benefited in some way from certain people. From- it definitely, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that were in bad cycles of just, you know, going out and partying and not getting anything done. And, you know, you're just, there's so many strings attached and then, yeah, you're right. Take that all away. Even relationships, it's everyone's fighting and then you take away anything to fight about, you know, maybe add a new set of things to fight about in some cases, but the is for me. Yes. I mean, I've always kind of thought, even when I was moving here, things were very hectic and I was trying to do all my videos. So I was like, you know what? It was nice to step away from comedy, which I've done, you know, five, six nights a week for the last 11 years and to step away from that and be, okay, you know what? I'll concentrate on videos. Let me build my channel. Let me do this stuff and this stuff. But once I got that system in place, you know, after about six months of doing that, I was kind of like, all right, I, you know, that's how much time I needed for that. Now I'm ready to, you know, kind of uh, go back to my normal life now that I've kind of set that new thing up. Ryan, you mentioned you're going to Miami and per that Scotland list, I've got that list for Miami too. And specifically when you get there, go to Sweet Liberty. This is a good friend of ours bar. Oh, great bar. Great. Um, oh, he passed yeah. away, John LaMare. Um, yes, it, it, here's what, to it's him. An, yeah, and they've got a doer's cocktail what's on the, the menu what's there. The, what's the toast, Ryan? Do you remember? No. Come, oh, come on! <laughs> As if. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> oh, I did not. Uh, Salamalenko, I believe it was. <laughs> Close. Slanjavar. 
So it's funny, I, Dan, I, I wanted to pick on you on this a bit, because like if you go to Scotland, though, Ryan, and you start saying, hey, Slangeva to, to folks there, they're going to be like, OK, Slangeva tourist. So when you go there, <laughs> when you go there, don't forget to say just Slanja or cheers. You know, it's funny because yeah. I, I learned that lesson the hard way. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned that lesson. Troll him? Are you fucking are you fucking banging on me right now? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just saying on my own show. I'm I'm deleting that. Really? <laughs> I, I all this time I've been Slanja is like is or just slange or cheers, man, or just cheers. Yeah. Jesus. Totally I'm, all I'm acceptable. Gonna, I'm gonna drown my sorrows in more of this. Now <laughs> Gabe was kind enough to send us a uh Oh yeah, I'm super excited about this actually. A present, which I'm we're Ryan, you, you ready to open this present we got here okay. now? Yeah. Okay, so let me frame it up for you guys. So Dan and I were talking about, you know, meeting you, Ryan, which it's been a real pleasure hanging out with you, man. I was like, oh, I'm going to do something real neat for you guys. And this is the first attempt at doing something like this that I have. So I hope this goes over well. So I really want you I just you guys open it, have a look at it, and just tell me how you feel, and we'll go from there. Okay. okay. All right. Whoa, I know this whiskey. This is a special one. You know I know this whiskey, and I love this whiskey. This is the... Uh-oh. Look at the label. Hold that up. Oh, oh come mm. on. Really? Doors. <laughs> Look oh at the label, God, That's crazy. What the hell, man? Oh, that's awesome. Wait. Ryan, hold this up. Let's get that. Well, it says... There you go. It says the Ryan Long edition and his Dan Dunn edition. Which I there thought you go, they were boys. both going to say the wrong and Ryan Long edition, but uh. <laughs> Wait, what do you think? By the way, which one do you think would fetch more money on eBay, the Ryan Long edition or the Dan Dunn edition? Let's just hear it. That's a great question, and Chad. Uh, they have this. the exact same letters, so from an ink standpoint, <laughs> from an ink. That's Look, crazy, guys, dude. That's so cool. Thank you for so, that. Yeah, That's of very course, cool. and man. This box I mean, looks the, very fancy. Here's what I would say, though, is, you know, a lot of people collect whiskey. Don't consider this a collector. Think of this as one of many. I, I honestly, it drives me crazy when folks buy whiskeys that they refuse to open. Open this one, oh, man. Share it with okay. your buddies. You know what I mean? Wait, do like, I, do I have to open it about. now, though? I kind of want to do. No. Do you want me to? I'm going to hold it. I'm going to open it now. I just yeah, want to open that app just so I can take a photo of it or something first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that. man. I love but, that, dude. That's so cool, man. You, you got it. So, yeah, that's you, pretty badass. Hey, I, I like I said though, I want you to open it and just share it with your homies, your friends, your family, because that to us is the most important thing, and, and certainly to me as well, man. So I, I'm glad you like it, and and just Very think cool. of us when you, when you have yeah, it. Yeah, I never there. had my own. Now I'm like Tom Green; he has his own uh, beers. Gabe, I do have a question for you though. In your expert opinion, there are I'll just throw out two random whiskeys, and you tell me which one you think is better. Oh boy, the Doers Fifteen Dan Dunn Edition. <laughs> or the Doers 15 Ryan Long edition. Which one do you think has more depth? Depth. Well, I, I get what you're asking me here. And and Dan, man, to keep the picking on your train rolling, the, the kindred spirit through the jackassery that Ryan likes really takes yeah. you back to my 20s, man. And who'd and, you tour uh, manage? That's some depth right there. Jackass. <laughs> it's the depth I'm currently after, you know? So if I had to answer this question, I, I can't. You guys have the same liquid, but the special bottles are all that matter. And and uh, ask me that question after we're all sitting around by a fire pit drinking each of those whiskey bottles. Well, Gabe, always great to see you, man. And Likewise. Ryan, you have been a, uh, a, a you know... A, 
I've heard so much about you from our mutual friends. Yeah, just and uh, you're kind of a letdown. No, I'm kidding. It's amazing, man. Ryan Long comedy on Facebook. And it's at Ryan Long Comedy on Instagram as well. Everything's Ryan Long Comedy. You, he yeah. puts up a new video every Monday, right? Every week. Yeah. Every week you put more up a new one. Yeah. And and these are not, you know, like, hey man, look at me, I'm just fucking off. These are sketches that yeah. would they kill most of what you're gonna see on SNL or any of that crap. Anything else you wanna add before we go here, Ryan? No, that's it. Thanks. And I really appreciate the Ryan Long edition. That's super cool of you. Hey, man, that stuff's meant for sharing, my friend. I can't wait to uh, tell all my friends that I know that guy on your late next video. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the whiskey, my friend. It was really cool hanging out with you, and love awesome. you, Dan. Okay, thanks, guys. Good hanging. Hey, guys, this was okay. great. See ya. Cheers, gents. Okay, later, boys.